Codes of practice are available online at cbaa.org.au. Welcome to 94.1 FM 3WBC. We have VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. Thanks very much for joining us. I'm your host, Brad Mullen. I'm joining the studio by Peter Lausch. Lausch, welcome to VFL Rewind. Thanks for having us for the last time this year. What a great weekend at Icon Park yesterday. Um, two great games. Collingwood having the win in the women's. Richmond having the win in the men's. And what a close game. Um, you got a feel for the Williamstown footy club as well. You know, two opportunities late. And um, unfortunately, Willie Willard just couldn't pop that goal through to hit the front. Yeah, exactly right. Last year, it was a pretty, pretty great game. And, and well done to Richmond Football Club on winning the grand final in 2019. And to the Collingwood Football Club for winning the VFLW grand final in 2019. Yeah, nah, I tell you what, um, the Collingwood VFLW win, that was a great win. Um, close first half, and then Collingwood just blew the doggies out of the water. Eddie Maguire was at the game. He um, congratulated all the girls on their great win. And I suppose Eddie would have been down and out um, from the night before when Collingwood lost the AFL men's preliminary um, final to the Giants. So it's um, a, a bonus for the Collingwood um, Football Club that they won the women's um, VFL Premiership this year. Oh, definitely. Bo- massive bonus for them to have won the Premiership. And they had a great side all year. They are probably the best side all year, I thought, to be perfectly honest. They... They had a great team, and throughout it, there was probably only one point where they lost a, a game when they rested a few players that they looked a bit out of it. But besides that, they were the, the, the best team, I thought, all year. Can I just mention one Collingwood player? Michaela Can. Congratulations. Back-to-back premierships with two different clubs. So there wouldn't be many players out there that have gone back-to-back premierships with two different clubs. So well done, Michaela. Absolute fantastic effort by Michaela Can to win back-to-back. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, it hasn't happened a lot, even at you know VFL men's level, for two players to win back-to-back at different clubs. I can't think of many happening. Can you think of any last year? One guy that we interviewed earlier this year um, in the VFA days, Nick Moray, did it with Dandenong in 91 and Sandringham in 92. But Michaela Can would be one um, player that has done it in recent times. Like I, 
Um, I can't think of anyone in the last five or six years until yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's well done to Michaela. Let's get stuck straight into the results from the weekend and we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat about them. Uh, Lausch, if you want to kick us off, we'll, we'll get stuck into the VFLW first. Yeah, the VFLW, final scores there. Collingwood, 7-10, 52 to the Western Bulldogs, um, 2-3-15. Now, at halftime, this game was pretty evenly poised, 2-6 to 2-1. Um, and unfortunately, the Bulldogs just couldn't kick a goal um, after halftime. All the goals they kicked were in the second quarter. And Collingwood um, kicked three goals, three goals to no goals in the third quarter, and then kicked another two goals um, on on top of that in the last quarter to run out comfortable thirty-seven point winners. Goal kickers for Collingwood um, were Alexander two, Lambert two, Can uh, Lagoya and Malloy singles, and for the Bulldogs were it was um, uh, Molan and McKay, and um, yeah. Uh, it was nice to see a very uh, relaxed um, Penny Color Reed and Cassandra Books after the game. Um, you know, the St Kilda Sharkies connection there, the coaching staff of the Collingwood VFLW. And um, yeah, congratulations again to the Collingwood VFLW girls on their great win. Shani Layden played a good game as well um, for Collingwood VFLW. Uh, very. Very good first season by Shani as well. She did. She had a great. She kicked a great or set up a great goal in that. I think it was the last quarter as well, which was oh. absolutely fantastic. And she <laughs> celebrated. She definitely celebrated. That was sure. Sure. Uh, we had a bit of a chuckle about that, didn't we, Brad? When he's setting up a goal, I think it was it was lucky she was pushed, and the ball just went in the right direction when she kicked it. Um, and uh, Collingwood play just found themselves in the right spot. But um, well done to Shani on a great first year. It couldn't have been. Um, easy to transition across from another sport, especially when you're sort of a more mature and older player. Like I hope Shani doesn't take offence by that, but you know when you're somebody sort of mid twenties, late twenties, changing from a one professional sport to another professional sport. It's a fantastic effort, and you know so happy for her because she's worked so hard the last probably month and a bit. She, I think she's improved out of sight with the the way she's been playing, and yeah, fantastic result yeah. for Shani and the and the Collingwood Football Club thoroughly deserved. Probably the best team all year. So I think it's a great result that they're the Premiers. And uh, yeah, well done to them on winning the VFLW Premiership. Great win, great win. I'll move into the VFL um, scores now. Um, this this game here, abs- absolute ripper of a game. Richmond probably set this win up early in the um, uh, f- first quarter by kicking four goals, four to nothing at quarter time. And then from there on in... Um, it, the Seagulls were just chasing tail, and credit to them that they actually got as close as they did. Um, half half time, Richmond had a good sixteen point lead, and then they sort of got that um, lead out to uh, uh, the lead was cut down to fourteen points at three quarter time. The end result was uh, Richmond eight ten fifty eight to Williamstown seven thirteen fifty five. So Williamstown had two more scoring shots on goal than the Richmond Football Club. Goal kickers for um, the winners, Richmond, um, Collier Dawkins two, Townsend two, and singles to Markov, Ballard, Naish, and Pickett, who was also the Norm Goss medalist. So um, we'll talk about Pickett um, once I finish the, with the Williamstown goals. And Williamstown goals, all singles, Kennedy Masters, Myers, uh, Pickers, Rodder, Wheeler, and Otavi. Um, Marlon Pickett, what a great story. 
drafted in the middle of in the middle of the year from South Fremantle. Um, hasn't had injuries when Richmond actually recruited him. Has been playing some good football at VFL level, and he's now a VFL Premiership player, a Norm Goss medalist. And maybe, just maybe, he may get a call up into that AFL side against GWS on Saturday. What a story that would be, Brad. Oh, I mean, absolutely fantastic story if he played. And I think that thoroughly deserved. I was watching the stats count throughout the day. And uh, by halfway through the second quarter, I said, if Willie, I said it to you, we were there. And I said, if if, if Marlon Picker doesn't win this, I'll be very surprised. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was announced that he won, and I thought that was a, it was a great result, I think, for him. As we know, mid-season, he was playing at South Freo, got drafted. Mm. You know, and it's a great story, too. You know, as, as it's been mentioned, you know, he, he's had a bit of trouble off – or not trouble, but he's, you know, he's he's had a bit of an interesting upbringing where he's had a few difficulties in his life, but he's, he's you know, he's matured, and he's now an, on an AFL list. And I think that, you know, he couldn't be any prouder than him than where he's at because it's an absolutely great story. Originally, Marlon's plan for this year, I was talking to a source um, up in the Northern Territory, Marlon's plan this year, after he was to finish the year with South Fremantle, he was actually going to go up to play a bit of footy for the Tiwi Bombers in the NTFL. So, obviously, that's now on the back burner since he's on an AFL list. So, um, I really hope if if um, somebody pulls out injured off of the Richmond AFL side, that they bring Marlon Pickett in. Like, I know Sydney Stacks played a lot of good football this year, but I think Sydney also re-injured his um, knee, and he, he wasn't he wasn't his normal self out there um, yesterday, was he? He wasn't. He, he was managed the first quarter, so he didn't play at all yeah. the first quarter. Uh, and, yeah, he he, uh, he he come on. He did his bit. I mean, he did yeah. a bit. Uh, I just want to mention as well, just off the top, we uh, we had a bit of technical difficulties off the top. So uh, our guest for tonight, we're going to have Anthony Stangerts from uh, AFL Victoria. He's the or AFL now. The, he's the communication manager of talent. So yep. we're going to have a bit of a chat to Anthony just about how the season went and how he's thought it's, you know, it's gone. And also uh, Daryl Vernon, a Norm Goss medalist from 2000, uh, 1987 87. for Springvale. So we're going to have a chat to them two guys. So... Yeah, really looking forward to having a chat to them guys. And also, I just wanted to mention as well, Stacey Livingston Hardiman medal for the VFLW Best on Ground as well. So, well done to Stacey Livingston. Well done to Marlon Pickett. They both picked up a medal they probably didn't even think they were going to get yesterday. So, you know, they'll even be more wrapped that they have got two medals. But I'm sure they just wanted the one, more importantly, and that was the Premiership medal. So... Well done to both of them as well. Yeah, great seasons for both both of those players and their clubs. And also, um, well done to the Western Bulldogs girls. They played a fantastic... Um, they had a fantastic year. Um, last year, they were just finding their feet, but this year they were real contenders. And as Michaela Ward said afterwards, we weren't here to make up the money, uh, make up the um, numbers. Um, we had just, uh, you know, we were going to give it a red-hot go. We gave it a red-hot go, and we were just being on by a better side. And well done to Williamstown as well for being so competitive. And wasn't it great? Uh, um, I did mention this to Jason Reddick as well. Wasn't it great to see Williamstown, the fans, how many fans actually came out and supported them? Some of them really, really loyal fans, and probably some of them that only go to one or two games. But they real they are really impressive, that club, aren't they, Brad? They are, and, yeah, I was quite uh, quite surprised and quite happy for them that they had so many fans come out and yeah. support them on grand final day. I reckon, that, I reckon it was probably, I, I, when I was going to the game, I probably thought it would be 80-20 here, you know, yeah. 80% Richmond and, you know, 20% Willie, but I reckon it was probably 30-70, you know, um, yeah. Williamstown to, to Richmond. And I thought, 
you know, it was so good to see a lot of them come out and they had a great banner. They had a great lot of support over on that far yeah. wing. And, you know, it's a fantastic result that, you know, Williamstown on grand final day, the whole community comes together down there. And it just goes to show there on yesterday that that's exactly what happened. And I think that, you know, it was, it was a good result. Mm. Let's get it stuck in the game a little bit, the VFL men's game. So Williamstown didn't fire a shot until into the second quarter, pretty much. Uh, Richmond got the jump on them big time. A lot of people in the crowd probably thought that was job done. They probably thought game over here and, and you know, we're, we're, we're probably pretty much done. You know, I think a lot of William fans, fans saw that, you know, they need to kick the next goal to have any hope and they got it. They worked so hard to get back into the game. Yeah. And yeah, um, we got to the last quarter and uh, yeah, it was a fairy tale proposition, you know, Willie Wheeler yeah. uh, first go and then Willie Wheeler second go. Um, feel so, I feel for him so much because it's every kid's dream to do that and um, the post, yeah, just got in the way. Yeah, uh, it's one of those one of those things. Like, um, you know, uh, you can't you can't blame um, Willie Willis two kicks on goal. Like, um, what was the problem for Williamstown? Probably was the first quarter. Like, the first quarter to be twenty eight or thirty points down at quarter time. That's always a bit of a margin to catch up in a normal game, let alone a grand final. So, um, I was actually worried when it got out to about twenty eight zip. Um, that they may actually get rolled by 10 goals, 12 goals, and I was going to leave at three-quarter time. But um, as it was, a credit to Williamstown. They came back really well. Unfortunately, Willie had two shots on goal and both hit the post. So, um, But, you know, uh, they'll be back bigger and better than ever next year in 2020. They will be. And, yeah, got a, heard a, funny, a bit of a funny thing in the crowd as I was leaving, and someone mentioned... If it was 1996, February, and the football was being played, Williamstown would have won. And their reference was in, in 1996, the Lightning Premiership was on. <laughs> and in the Lightning Premiership, if you hit the post, you got three points. <laughs> so uh, I, I saw the humour in that one. I could, it was a Williamstown fan. I could see where they were coming from. But just a bit of, you know, at least they weren't resounding, you know, hitting the post. I mean, there's not much you can do about that. It's, you know, it's just footy. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, Brad, um, how enjoyable was it back to be back at a suburban ground, Icon Park, great facility, um, 13,145 people. It could have probably been a little bit more, but um, I was so happy to be back at Icon Park, and the weather was uh, was pretty good. Like, there was a sprinkle of rain early in the third quarter. Um, I heard a funny thing before the game. Somebody said it's a four to five goal wind um, down to the legend's end of the ground. Like, uh, maybe two goals, but not four to five. Um, and, um, yeah, but it was good to sort of be back in a sort of suburban atmosphere, wasn't it? It was. And I just want to take this moment to, as a supporter of the VFL, thank the VFL yeah. for listening to the fans. Yeah. And seeing the product that they dished up yesterday is exactly what people want. If yeah. you, oh, I, I did two laps of the ground, just I just wanted to get a feel of you know what it was like. I think they had about thirteen food trucks or food vendors open. Yeah. They had you know probably half a dozen serving beer. Yeah. They had a community activity area where all kids could go and um, win some prizes through the Responsible Gambling Foundation, and it was, they were sending a good message as well. There was kick to kick after the game. You go out out in the park and have a kick to kick as well. I think that's what the, that's that's what I grew up supporting the VFL. That's what it was about, that community feel. I remember in the early 2000s, it was that same sort of feel, you know, that when you went to a, a game there and well done to the VFL. They listened, 
They got more than last year at Etihad or Marvel Stadium, and they ticked a box that most of the crowd, or I didn't hear any negative feedback at all from the, the game yesterday, and I think that's a huge win. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it being back at Icon Park. As a kid myself, I spent a lot of time at Icon Park with mates that barrack for Carlton, and then when the Western Bulldogs played home games there um, in the 90s, um, I got to know Icon Park pretty well. And, you know, I must admit, I got a little bit emotional walking through those gates. Now I know what my former coach, Andrew Musco at Bentley Juniors, was talking about, about the spirits and the legends um, walking through old football grounds or old club rooms. And he always, when we used to play down a Morty Alec VFA ground, he always used to say, we're going to use the Morty Alec VFA. FA um, rooms because I can feel the spirits and the legends in this room and now I know what he means because I sort of uh, I got a little bit emotional walking through those gates at uh, Icon Park because it was um, one of the grounds that I went to a, a lot as a kid. Yeah, it's a great, great ground. I mean, it's got everything I think in terms of it's got, you know, you've got the seating area in the legend stand and yeah. you can stand on the outer if you want in yeah. front of the Pratt stand. You've got the corporate boxes in the hero stand where some Richmond, Richmond players were and a few other people, yeah. corporates and that. You've also got a function room there, so you can have a pre-lunch lunch. Mm. So I think it ticks all the right boxes, plus it's an outdoor stadium, which is what people want. Yeah. You get rain, you get the things that you'd get every other game of the year. So I think that all that type of stuff ticks all the boxes of what the fan wants, yeah. and and the fans were happy. You know, As I said, everyone was, was quite wrapped with the result. And I just want to also touch on... Uh, Watching the so I watched the when I got home, watched the replay of the Channel Seven broadcast, yeah. and I just want to say the count up clock is the best thing for live football on TV you can ask for. I went and watched the last quarter, I knew the result, but it's still you still get tense because you don't know when the you know when the siren's going to go. And I well done to the VFL, uh, I'm not the VFL, but Channel Seven as well for doing what the VFL has always done when it was on ABC is count up instead of countdown because it makes it so much more tense. And I think most of anyone at the crowd at the 28, 27, 28 minute mark thought the siren was intimate and it did not go until the 32 minute mark. So yeah. everyone was just on edge for five minutes. Imagine if they had known, you know, that um, still five minutes left, it would have, you know, wouldn't have been as tense. And I think that's, that was the great feel that counting up is the winner in life sport, especially in a grand final. Wow. Everything in life going up is good, isn't it, mate? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. That I remember us looking at the um, scoreboard at the Legends um, stand end of the ground and going about the twenty-four minute mark. Oh, there's only about four minutes to go, and um, little did we know there was eight minutes to go. So um, yeah, I know where you're coming from, Brad. I thought it was a fantastic idea. I don't know if I could do it every week, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite nerve-wracking, isn't it? You know, yeah. as a mutual, just going and watching the game, I was quite. Quite into it, quite invested, and uh, I think that a lot of people were as well. You know, uh, just watching it, and even though you know the Willie fans on the other side were, they were going absolutely, you know, crazy that last couple of minutes because I think that they thought they had their momentum, but they just didn't know how long it was to go. Yeah. And then you also look at um, the Richmond fans; they thought they probably had the job done at the twenty-three minute mark because they probably thought there's only two minutes left. So. Um, I think that it was a winner from both ends, and I know Williamstown supporters will go home disappointed, but. You know they they at least at least their club put them right back in it and they had a huge opportunity to win. And unfortunately, as we mentioned, hit the post. Willie Wheeler, uh, yeah, just just feel for him and feel for the Williamstown Football Club because it's you know it's hard to get to a grand final and, and not win. But yeah. the one thing about Williamstown Football Club is their resilience. They've made ten prelims in ten years. They're the most resilient club going around that they can keep on backing up. And I think that uh. You know, they'll have the confidence and the squad to do it again next year if they can retain the majority of them players. The majority of the players, I think they will retain. 
I can see a few of those boys getting drafted um, like last year because Andy Collins has got a great record of getting players drafted. I don't think we'll see Michael Hibbert back at Williamstown next year. I think we'll see him on an AFL list. So We're going to go to a break now and we're going to be back um, probably in about two or three minutes with a few uh, pre-records from the grand final from our winning coach. We're going to have Craig McRae on. We're going to have Marlon Pickett on. We're going to have Steve Morris on to have a chat and we're also going to have uh, Penny... Oh, no, we're going to have a representative from Colling as well. So looking forward to having a listen to those. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Nature's an amazing place. It's a perfect balancing act, thriving with life. Some of which we don't even see. Like the billions of microorganisms that help keep nature in balance. Swiss. The quest continues. Swiss is a sponsor of the VFL Women's Competition and a VFL Rewind on 94.1 FM 3WBC. At Totally Workwear, we kit out the brickies, the chippies, the foreman, the tradies. Did we say foreman? They're not all men. Some are ladies. Work in an office, retail, healthcare, hospitality. Here's where you'll find all your workwear. Yeah, totally. Totally Workwear have got you covered with the best brands, best value and best service. Totally Workwear. Get what you want and get back to work. Totally Workwear is a sponsor of the VFL Men's Competition and VFL Rewind on 94.1 FM 3WBC. Well, you work to earn a living, but on weekends comes the time you can do whatever turns you on Get out and clear your mind Me, I like football There's a lot of things around When you line them up together The footy wins hands down Up there And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Should be the uh, grand final week for the AFL and the VFL gone. And great Mike Brady thought I'd just play that as a bit of an intro. Absolute star. And he gets a fair dink and play on most radio stations everywhere at this time of year. The great Mike Brady, Lauchy. Yeah, great song. I love it. You know, it may be 40 years old or just over 40 years old, but um, I love hearing it around September time, whether it's... Uh, VFL level, AFL level, or even suburban football level. It's a, just a great song, and it's st- stood the age of time, hasn't it? It definitely has. It definitely has. Just your spot on, Lashy. We're going to go into some uh, VFL Rewind now, and, and we're going to play some recordings that we obtained from the grand final of the winning uh, the winning captain, the Norm Goss medalist, Craig McRae, and, and some Collingwood players as well just talking about the grand final we'll kick it off with with vflw in collingwood and um we'll be back in a few minutes you're listening to vfl rewind here on 94.1 fm 3wbc just got the feeling pen oh, <laughs> wish there was words um proud um like I, I, we've worked so hard as a, as a group and a collective and a wider community but 
I think this is great recognition for our program at Collingwood. Um, I think it's just fantastic that our girls are going to perform each and every week. And um, yeah, it's a relief, but yeah, I couldn't be more proud. Personally, Penn? <laughs> um, I didn't, hasn't, didn't really hit until I saw my mum in tears. Um, what this moment actually really meant, not just for, for me, but for my family who's been there beside me. Um, for the hard work that they put in, every every time that they support me, they, they always say, go get him, Pam, we've got you back. Um, yeah, it was just um, a really special moment that I have with my mum. Yeah. You must have been pleased with the consistency, like it was a real four-quarter game. Yeah, the, the cliche of four-quarter efforts, um, there was a little bit of a lull, which we've been having. Um, but I think for the girls, it's just fantastic that they've been able to perform on a stage like this. Uh, this is the first win for the Collingwood Women's on the Icon Park too, so fantastic that we're moving forward into our AFLW season that we know how to win on a stage like this, so fan yeah, awesome for them. Grace, what was the feeling like out there on the ground? When, when did you think you had it? Um, I would probably say that 13-minute mark, I reckon we'll save. And I'm just so proud of each and every one of the girls. Everyone bought their A game today. They went in hard, doesn't matter if they made mistakes because at least they're going for it and they're going in hard. And yeah, definitely, it's a credit to every single one of the girls on our list, down to the coaches, the trainers, the staff, um, Collingwood Football Club. And yeah, we're just so lucky to be part of something so special to the women's football program at Collingwood. Stacey, best on ground performance. It must be really nice to grand final. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> but I definitely couldn't have done it without everybody else on the field. The only way I play my role is with everybody else. Um, and we played bloody well. Yeah, we did. One thing, one thing that really stood out watching from the box was how well you locked it into your Ford 50 um, and you were crucial in that. Was that a real plan coming into the game? Uh, it was because we knew that uh, they flood our forward line. So we just had to be composed and just build that wall and not get sucked into their game. Does this lay the foundations for next season and an improved or successful way for the new campaign? Oh, 100%. And that was one of the things that um, we always said was development was our key focus. And if we can get games into our inexperienced AFLW girls and the more that they push through and play in moments like this and they really perform and they can execute the skill, um, the better for our program. And what did you tell the, the young kids coming up? You had someone like LaJoya come through and just absolutely dominate. How did you get them prepared for a game like this? I just said, mate, just play. <laughs> just go out there and play. And I think um, the key message for me was make sure that we're composed with the footy, play with freedom, but play with confidence. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. And welcome back to VFR Rewind. We had the... Uh, the coach there, Benny, Penny Calloway, uh, Buckin as well, Grace Buckin, and we had uh, Stacey Livington as well. Captain, coach, best on ground there. So that was a, a great result there for the the Collingwood uh, Football Club. Next, we're going to play Craig McRae from the winning coach from the uh, Richmond Football Club. We'll play that one now. Proud with the group. Absolutely, we found a way to win all year and uh, close games. We've had a lot of them this year, so that was pretty nerve-wracking. Willie Wheeler's lining up for those two shots. What's going through your mind at that stage? Oh, to be honest, we lost a close one in 217. I, I had flashbacks. I did. I thought oh, we're going to lose another close one, and the, the game's on small margins. Isn't it? So um, commiserations to Williamstown and him. I, I feel for him, but um, yeah, we, I thought we had the, had the win early, early in the game. What was going through your mind when Willie was lining up for those three goals? Oh, like I said, I just actually thought, oh no, not another, another close loss. I thought he's, he's capable of kicking those goals and um, I didn't realise the second one hit the post, but I, uh, I feel for him. 
Marlon's game today. I mean, it's fair to say that he is a big game player. Yeah, he keeps turning up. Like the last couple of games we've had, last quarters when we needed it, someone to step up, and Marlon's been that guy. He's, um, he likes the big occasion, and yeah, we were lucky to have him. Do you have a word to dinner about next Saturday, or has he had that word himself out there? Do you think? Oh no, I, I had a chat to him um, before the game. He had some clear instructions what he wanted, and um, I think if the game was a bit uh, not as tight, we may have rested a couple, but. Yeah, we, we played it to the minutes to the end. Has Marlon done enough? Um, I'm and not too sure. It? Well, it would be a great story, wouldn't it? I know yeah, that's what would. you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's debuted on that? that obvious? Yeah. I don't know if anyone's debuted on 67 years ago flight. Yeah. It's a long time, isn't it? Two. A long time. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, he's playing great footy and um, looks like there's a spot available. And we've carried a couple over in um, Jack Ross and Kenton McIntosh, but the mess committee will decide on that during the week, I think. Given what he's done today, do you think he'd be able to handle that step up to an occasion? Because it's another step up again, isn't it, to debut on a, on a grand final stage? Yeah, who knows? Like, he, he hasn't played an AFL game, but, you know, like, he plays above the level of AFL. And previously, that's, that's stood up in um, at AFL level when players play well and then go up. But he hasn't played. This is a grand final, I think. Who knows, he's a great player and a big story. What does the plan with Sydney stack and how do you think you went today? Sydney, we started at quarter time and just played probably you know, three quarters of the game or you know, 70 minutes and uh, yeah, it seemed like he got a heavy contact the last quarter and so that slowed him down a bit but it looked like he was moving better and better. That's not like a cool field. Yeah, it was a heavy contact, yeah. Does Marlon's maturity count in his favour fly? The fact that he's a 27-year-old played a lot of senior footy as opposed to perhaps a teenager who could have been thrown into a grand final year. Yeah, well, we've said that all along. He's not a developing player. He's 27, so he comes here as a mature player with a lot of experience. So, um, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom. Can you describe the emotions compared to two years ago and how different that is? Oh, it's... Yeah, you're talking small margins, and I, to be honest, I'm just relieved um, at the moment. And at some stage, we'll sink in that we're the premiership team. How difficult is it when you're told before the game that two of your players are going to have to come out as cover for next week? Uh, if you didn't, if you couldn't handle change, it would, it's really difficult. But that's that's the that's it's constant nature of the VFL. It's happened all year. Um, we've got great trust in the players that we have coming in. Like the bringing Jacob Ballard, who's played you know 60, 70 games, and then Dan Coffield, they're regular players with us. So um, in that regard, it was easy. But um, in the conversations to, to Camden McIntosh and Jack Ross, that now they're not part of the team, that was a difficult. How did, they, how did they take it? How did they respond? Yeah, I, I, know, I know Camden in particular um, thought that he was letting people down and I just made it pretty clear to him that he's yeah, he's one of the reasons we're in this position. So uh, not to feel that way, but um, now he's got mixed emotions because he's, you know, he's not sure if he's going to be part of the AFL and he missed out on this. So it's a difficult position. And Jack Raymond, Nathan Brawl, we saw they're both here today. What's your um, your latest on what's going on oh, with them? Well, I'm not a physio or a doctor, or, so I'll, I'll leave that up to the experts. From, from quarter time fly, when it appeared you'd be a runaway winner, to the differences in the middle two quarters, final quarter, what did you identify yeah. that Williamstown improved? Oh, they just they just improved their contest. I think early they had a couple of players back, they played two extras, and it seemed to work for us. Inside fifties were significantly our favour. Um, I thought, yeah, twenty-two to eleven or three or something at quarter time. So we thought they'd they'd even that up. Um, but this, they're a great competitive team. They just nullified the game. That's how they wanted to play. The open expanse of the ground, we thought, would suit us, but they, we just didn't get much of that. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. That was senior coach Craig McRae, and happy birthday to Craig, 46 years old. And now we're going to play Marlon Pickett and Steve Morris from the winning team from Richmond and Norm Gloss medalist and winning captain. And we'll be back after... We play these two chaps who, yeah, gave some time up yesterday after the grand final win to have a chat. Today, mate, and also to, to play the role that you did. 
and I felt awesome. Um, just keep my team thing and yeah, good team effort. You a big game player? Uh, I'm not quite sure. It's locked in play footy, so yeah, it's good brought up playing footy, so I just enjoy it. I'm out there. Talk you could be a little bit of a bolter for the grand final next week. What do you think when you hear that? Do you reckon you might be up to it? Uh, no, whatever happens, that happens. If not, I'm happy for next year. What would it mean to you to be a part of it next week, though? I mean, how, how does that feel, given you haven't played a game yet and you could be potentially playing in the grand final? No, it would mean a lot, but yeah, like I said, if it happens, then I'll be over the moon. If it doesn't, I'm not too fussed about it. Was it in the back of your mind when you were out there today? Were you thinking no, that? I just won about today. And yeah, getting a good win for the boys, especially from Mount Breton last year. So, yeah, it's one of the wins for them. Are you amazed at how far you've come, just the, even in the last six months? Yeah, no, I'm stoked for where I come from and I'm enjoying it. So, perfect. Well done, mate. Thank you. Win from any uh, situation, but uh, yeah, pretty cool feeling. An historic moment for the club as well. I mean, it must be amazing to be a part of that. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, amazing club to be a part of. I mean, um, with the inclusion of the women's and um, even the wheelchair um, competition. And yeah, it's an amazing club that are, are doing some really good things um, for the community as well. And um, that's why it's really great to be a part of the Richmond Footy Club. And um, yeah, it's just uh, pretty surreal to be able to um, have this sort of achievement or tip this achievement off um, with a club that I love. They came pretty hard. What did you say to them to when that pressure really came and oh. really had those two shots at goal? Were you nervous? Draft you, Beasley. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, look, I'll, yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was nervous. Um, I thought we did really well to be able to pinch those two goals back against the Breeze because obviously they came, got within one point pretty early on. And uh, so to be able to pinch those two goals and, and get uh, a little bit of momentum back our way so that we could play the game a little bit more like it needed to be played to be able to win that game, um, I thought that was pretty important. Marlon Pickett, um, mid-season recruit, but what a recruit best on the ground today. What's he brought to this club? Uh, he's brought a lot of uh, flair. He's just, he can do things that not many players can do, Marlon. And um, he backs himself. He's a beautiful kick of the footy. He's a really good mover. He's got speed. He's got class. Um, I think most people probably thought that he was get, being brought into the club to potentially just fill the void for the second half of the season and that's certainly not the case from what I've seen so far. I think he'll be around for a few years to come. Do you have a word to Dimmer? Could, could he play next Saturday? Is he that sort of character though as you say? That's, I think know, Dimmer's that sort task? of character that he'd back someone in but look whether that happens I've got no idea. A, the, the good thing is we've got a number of good players that could step in at AFL level and we've seen that throughout the year when the AFL team had their backs against the wall with injuries. Um, we were able to bring so many uh, young players in that played a really good role. They helped them get to the bye in a, in a position where they could uh, fight for top four and uh, it's helped them find themselves in a grand final. Congratulations. Thanks, Thanks, well Where'd you go? Thanks, Thanks. Totally work where we kid out the brickies, the chippies, the foreman, the tradies. Did we say foreman? They're not all men. Some are ladies. Work in an office, retail, healthcare, hospitality. You'll find all your workwear. Yeah, totally. Totally Workwear have got you covered with the best brands, best value and best service. Totally Workwear. Get what you want and get back to work. Totally Workwear is a sponsor of the VFL Men's Competition and VFL Rewind on 94.1 FM 3WBC. <laughs>
And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We just had the winning captain, Steve Morris, on from the Richmond Football Club. Marlon Pickett as well just then. So well done to them guys for giving up some time. And thank you very much to AFL Vic for uh, letting us have that content to to play tonight. And it was, yeah, really invaluable to hear these guys speak. And, you know, it's so humble. They just want a flag and they're so humble, actually. Yeah, it's great to hear interviews straight after the grand finals and the emotion of players. No doubt. And now on the line we have um, the AFL Communications Manager for Talent, Anthony Sangitz, who's been good enough to join us, and we welcome him now. Anthony, welcome to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC, and thanks for joining us. Uh, very good evening, guys. I can't believe it's uh, taken me all season to get a spot <laughs> on the show. Uh, <laughs> G'day, Anthony Lausch. speaking, mate. Um, well done on a great season by the VFL. Um, what's your highlights been VFL and VFLW-wise, mate? There's been been plenty this season. I, I think grand final was the real combination, uh, the culmination of what we've been able to produce, and I think it really showcased the standard of football. I think how both competitions have progressed over recent years, but to, to see Collingwood versus the Western Bulldogs and and how much it meant to both of those clubs at VFLW level. I know over previous years there's been a lot of talk about, uh, especially from a, a VFL side of things, how much um, emphasis is put on the actual premiership. There's a lot of talk about development. But I think we saw this weekend both at VFLW level and also at VFL uh, level how much an actual premiership meant to both of those teams. That Richmond, yes, they are developing players, and, and, and yes, there was an eye to the possible inclusions for their AFL grand final team later this week. But at the same time, they had a, a number of VFL-listed players that were were striving for a premiership, and, and a number of developing AFL-listed players who are on, who are playing VFL for the majority of the season, that it really meant a lot to, and and especially from a, a Collingwood perspective as well. Penny Cooler Reid, just uh, her passion um, comes out in every interview that she does, and, and I know she was uh, certainly uh, passionate at the press conference during the week and, and a number of shows that she was involved with as well. But um, it was great reward for her to. Um, be the inaugural VFLW coach for Collingwood and, and then to progress to be the uh, the premiership coach as well. I think she's got a, uh, a great future in coaching in the game. Um, and then also from a, from a Collingwood perspective and, and also Western Bulldogs perspective in the grand final to, to see the development of um, so many Bab League girls footballers as well. You had uh, LaJoya, uh, Zenos, um, Molan was uh, playing uh, Ella Wood in this game and, and to see their progression from playing NAB League girls at the first half of the season, a number of those players uh, also went up to the uh, under-18 AFLW championships on the Gold Coast and, and to then come back and finish the season in the VFL but uh, be playing at Icon Park, such a, a venue that's been iconic uh, with women's football over uh, its, since its inception. Um, I think it was uh, yeah, a great reward for those players as well and uh, a great showcase of um, both our competitions on the weekend. 
It was. You're exactly right, Anthony. And it was a great, great to see so many young players who, as you mentioned, have worked hard through the NAB League to play AFL, uh, to play in the VFLW Grand Final yesterday. And it was a great, great reward. I just want to ask you as well a question on the Grand Final attendance. Um, we, we guys happy with the result yesterday? And uh, how did you feel the community vibe around around the ground was um, in terms of the supporters enjoying it? Uh, you'd always love to see more in the venue, Braden. I, I think. Uh, Hopefully, if we continue at uh, that venue, that we'll see it packed to the rafters um, year on year. And I think over the last ten years, that was probably the the fifth best attendance that we've had over the last uh, ten. And um, it's it certainly for for the AFL um, the first time that we've we've gone there with both the the VFL and VFLW. Eleven years, I think, since um, we've had a VFL Grand Final there. And um, what we would hope is that those that attended the venue on the weekend will kind of spread the word and, and, and talk about that community vibe because that that's what we were aiming at, of, of trying to get families there, making sure that there, there wasn't the reserve seating, that you could sit in the outer, you could wander around the ground. Um, there were, as you mentioned earlier on in the program, activities for families and, and kids as well. Uh, face painters, various things that you could do at the ground. Um, so hopefully people spread the word. It, it, it's uh, an investment, I, I believe, from the AFL in Icon Park as well to to ensure that um, we're hosting these sort of events at that venue um, and we'll now work, work together with Government Council and, and also Carlton to, to make sure that we continue continue to improve the venue I, I know there's a master plan over the next couple of years for the venue so uh it, it can be one of the homes of uh, aflw into the future and 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 hopefully it'll be a, a home for our nab league competition and uh also the uh, the vfl and vfl women's competition because it's uh, yeah certainly hosted all four of our uh, state league grand finals at under 18 and VFL level this year, and and that that's something we'd like to see continue into the future as well. Now, Anthony, congratulations on making a fantastic VFL and VFLW app um, this year. You and the VFL uh, or AFL. And also, congratulations on a real good product, the VFLW and the VFL live stream product. Um, how have you seen that and how the numbers been, um, uh, uh, people watching, viewers on the live stream? I've been blown away this year, Lousy. Um, it, it's been amazing, the uptake, I, I think, that we've had from the clubs. This year, we had a real focus on getting promotional materials out to the clubs so so they didn't have, have to produce the promotional materials we provided it to them um, and it was amazing the um, increase in viewership for the VFL women's competition this year so we we had a 132 percent increase in, in viewers wow. uh, I think we're by the end of the year we're averaging two and a half to, to three thousand viewers per uh, women's live stream and and I think the average during finals time for the for the live stream was four thousand viewers um, for each of the uh, the finals matches for VFL women. So um, it was fantastic to have those games one a week uh, throughout the season, but also great to have the support of Channel Seven to to broadcast the the grand final um, 
live across Australia on the weekend. Sad that we weren't doing as a, a video stream match, but um, we'll, we'll certainly take the, the national exposure uh, over our video stream that uh, we do on a weekly basis. And, and that, was the, that was the aim this year, to, to do the double headers to ensure that um, we were picking up uh, the audience both from the men's and women's space. So that, that was a key for us this season. And, and you mentioned about the app. Um, it, it, the inclusion of the uh, Champion Data Live stats this year has it, it, certainly helped to increase the, the downloads for that. And, and on the weekend, we ticked over to 75,000 um, downloads for, for the app. So we, we basically had an increase of, of just over 45,000 downloads in this season. So uh, a massive uptake. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, we can only see improvements in the off season. So any of the listeners tonight uh, have got some ideas or, or different things that they'd like to, to see within the app, um, they can certainly uh, email us at uh, VFL at afl.com.au and we'd be happy to look at a few of the ideas because uh, certainly the improvements we've made to it this year um, have been a lot from um, supporter feedback from previous years so uh, hopefully we've got it to a standard that uh, yeah we can just uh, continue to uh, increase and enhance it year on year now. Well, the VFL app, personally speaking, I think it's been a game changer for VFL fans because they've been able to hear games uh, they've been able to watch games through the app. They've been able to listen to games. They've also been able to get live stats. And I think it's a game changer. It's been been it's able been able to mean that people have been able to engage more in the VFL. I think they can speak fluently about it a bit more than what they could in the past. And yeah, well done to you and the team, Anthony, on uh, getting that app up and going. I know it was a bit of hard work at early days, but it's a great result to see it up and going now. And well done to you and the team. Yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, just a just a shout out to. Both of you as well. I think uh, probably 18 months ago, I, I approached both of you at uh, different stages to, to to help fill in for myself on on VFL Rewind and uh, also help uh, when Paul Hooper was unavailable. And uh, I think uh, yeah, we, we've certainly both uh, Hoops and I have had the confidence in both of you guys to uh, take over the reins of the program and. I think it's been great to introduce into new segments and, and how you've run it throughout the, the last 12 months. So congratulations on a uh, job well done to, to both yourselves with uh, VFL Rewind this season. Thank you, uh, Anthony. Uh, we, love, we love doing um, what we do and um, it's great to hear um, some great feedback from yourself and the general public. So thanks, mate. And we couldn't do it without your support as well. So um, by assisting us with interviews and um, getting us contacts and all that sort of stuff. So um, thank you for having faith in us and we're happy to continue on if you're happy to have us. Well, certainly Monday, Monday nights won't be the same uh, during, during the off-season. So... Uh Bring on next March. <laughs> well, Anthony, we really appreciate you joining us here on VFL Rewind, and uh, thank you very much for helping us out during the year with, with interviews like we just had. And yeah, good luck for the off season. Uh, looking forward to seeing what the VFL have planned uh, media wise. And thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Anthony. Anthony Stangart's there from the AFL. He's his official role is it's a, it's the communications manager of talent so uh he's in charge of yeah a lot of a lot of different roles and a lot of it's media as well and he does an absolutely fantastic job this year i think he's, he's hit it out the park for six it's just been an absolute game changer with this app and i think it's the best result for vfl fans and you know what i like about anthony 
He always sends me a message if I don't pronounce a surname right, and that's why I've given him the nickname the Professor of Linguistics because I'm pretty sure he studied at the same university I work at. I'm pretty sure he did a linguistics slash journalism degree there. Uh, he's, he's a man <laughs> of many talents, Anthony, and yeah, he's he knows how to pronounce players right, and yeah, it's always good. You you, you know yourself, Lashy. If someone calls you Lushy, you're not happy. Mate, so I, I just go with I go with <laughs> go with the flow these days. Like I've got Lushy, Loshy, Launchy. That works, mate. I just go with the flow these days. We're gonna go to a break now. We're gonna be back with our VFA segment. We've got a man who won a Norm Goss medals many years ago, many years ago in the VFA against uh, for Springvale against Port Melbourne. We're looking forward to having a chat to him. His name is Daryl Vernon, and he will join us after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Nature's an amazing place. It's a perfect balancing act, thriving with life. Some of which we don't even see. Like the billions of microorganisms that help keep nature in balance. Swiss. The quest continues. Swiss is a sponsor of the VFL Women's Competition and a VFL Rewind on 94.1 FM 3WBC. At Totally Workwear, we kit out the brickies, the chippies, the foreman, the tradies. Did we say foreman? They're not all men. Some are ladies. Work in an office, retail, healthcare, hospitality. Here's where you'll find all your workwear. Yeah, totally. Totally Workwear have got you covered with the best brands, best value and best service. Totally Workwear. Get what you want and get back to work. Totally Workwear Workwear is a sponsor of the VFL Men's Competition and VFL Rewind on 94.1 FM 3WBC. Welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the final part of our show where we have our VFA Legends segment. It'll be the final one for the year, actually. And no better time to have a man who's won a Norm Goss medalist after the big grand final yesterday. And looking forward to having a chat to him now. And he joined us on the line from the Springvale Football Club back then in 1987, Daryl Vernon. Daryl, welcome to VFL Rebond here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. And thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having us. G'day, Daryl. Peter speaking. Um... Tell us, tell us about the Daryl Vernon journey and um, how you got to Springvale because Springvale, what a fantastic club to win a Division One Premiership in only their fourth year in the VFA. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back. I mean, I, um, I was a bit of a journeyman prior to getting down to Springvale. I, I started off in the football in the, uh, in the old zoning days down at Richmond. I went through the uh, third, second and then uh, got up Played a few senior games there. Then I ventured over to uh, West Australia and played uh, with South Fremantle over there. Um, came back, went up to Sydney for um, a year, um, playing with the Swans when they first moved up there. So that was an experience. Then um, came back down and had another year at Richmond and then uh, went out. I applied for uh, a an assistant coach role at Springvale and um, came into fruition. Certainly a, a, a fantastic club. The three years I played there, it was awesome. Yeah. Just going backtracking a little bit there, I heard you mention that you were up at the Swans. Uh, what was that like in the early years, moving from South Melbourne up to Sydney? How was the, the standard of you know the, the playing fields and things like that Well, for someone like yeah. us who's got no idea? 
Well, oof. well, it was very, very raw, and uh, you know, I take my hat off to uh, how they got established up there initially because the effort of um, you wouldn't even know where you, what grounds you're training at. That's how difficult it was. Like some days they'd ring up and just say, "Oh, we've got to uh, train out at another oval, so and so time, whatever." We'll meet you there, and everyone was trying to get jobs, and um, yeah. It was, uh, it was a fantastic experience. Really enjoyed it. And, um, like, the days of not even having trainers, they had to go out and try and recruit in trainers. And I still remember someone had a nasty cut on his ear and he had to get stitched up. And the trainer came along and said, oh, I've never done a stitching before. Would you mind if I had a go at it? I'm thinking, that was certainly an experience. It wasn't my ear, by the way. Yeah. Now Springvale, nineteen eighty-seven. Your first your first year there, um, assistant coach. You must have been pretty confident that you were going to have a very good year with some of the recruits you brought in. You had Pat Foy, um, Phil Malin, Emma Dunn, and a few others. Um, it, how confident at the start of the year with all that experience were you that you were going to go a long way into the season? Yeah, I don't know whether we're super confident. We'll certainly. Phil, Phil coming across with his experience that, uh, you know, coming from, uh, you know, his experience of being a double, what, two-time premiership player at Carlton. He was, but also, you know, first year of coaching for himself. Um, I don't know whether we were really confident. It actually got down to the wire. It was only the last couple of weeks that we secured um, a double chance in the finals and things like that. So... Oh, look, the, the guys we had playing for us were certainly really good. It was a, a hell of a good team in regard to mateship, etc. There was Springvale, a very solid club in regard to uh, how they handled out. They never offered money um, and not paid it. They were very, very supportive of all the players. Um, we had a good balanced team. Um, we had Stewie Nickel also who was playing at centre-half forward, he went on and uh, won the medal over, in, I think he won a McGarry medal over in South Australia after that, and he was only a 20-year-old player. Um, but certainly very, very steady and balanced team for sure. Uh, Darrell, as we mentioned off the top, you won the Norm Goss medal that game in 1970, uh, 1987 in the grand final. Uh, tell us a little about what, now that you've retired, obviously, what that medal means to you and you reflect on you know, how that, you know, what that medal meant back then probably... Not what it means now in terms of when you're still playing, things don't probably, you don't appreciate things until you retire. That's a very good call because I, on the day, um, I know I wasn't expecting it and I wasn't really caring for it. I really went there. We had such a good unit of a team. It felt fantastic just to win the premiership. And mind you, at the start of that year, they actually were trying to uh, push Springvale out of the uh, VFA and they were trying to get us to work in with Dan on and uh, we could have been done and dusted and by the end of the year to win the flag it meant so much to us as a, a team and a club so but I look back now and say well okay I was very fortunate to win the uh, Norm Gosson and um, it's certainly something you can hang your hat on, I suppose, as you get older. I don't bring it up too often, but, um, yeah, it's certainly something I'm proud of now. Some of your uh, 
um, toughest opponents back in the in the VFA days? Um, who, who who were some of the tough nuts that you um, lined up against, and who were some of your favourite teammates at Springvale? Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say all my. I had uh, another guy who actually probably vied for uh, you know winning the Norm Gossing self was uh, Paul Dudley. I retained a good friendship with him. Um, you know, going back through, I still catch up with Emma Dunn on a regular basis. So, um, a few of those guys, we had a reunion last year, four, two years ago, sorry, and we all caught up, and it was a fantastic day. You know, in football circles, everyone sort of drifts in and out, and um, that's what sort of happened with us as a team. I um, I caught up with Phil Mailer, I suppose, about a year ago as well. You know, so that, that were those. All those guys are, you know, exceptional friends at the time, and um, I know when we cross paths, we all uh, get along very well. Um, toughest players, I, I don't know, was there really... The VFA started slowing down a little bit then. I think Port Melbourne still had a bit of a... a few uh, good, solid players who were pretty hard at it. Um, overall, I, had a, I used to have a bit of a run-in with a guy, I think his name was Tressida, who played at Sandy. Sandringham, um, but you know, I don't think it was super tough in those days. I reckon prior we probably missed it by about ten years. Um, overall, tough players. Yeah, it's a really hard question to be answered. I'll give you a yeah. cu- couple of names: Saru and Mace. Oh, I was a bit careful here. Yeah. I, I must admit, just being a, a ruckman, he used to run around and knock a few of our younger blokes around. So <laughs> yeah, he was certainly there. Robbie Mace, I, I played against him when he was at Hawthorne and I was at uh, Richmond at one stage. We crossed paths. I think we were pretty similar age. And um, I don't think I had a run-in against him at, when he was at Frankston. But, uh, yeah, hard, certainly. Yeah, I agree with that one. <laughs> uh, Darrell, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Give you an insight of uh, the, your career at Springvale and in the early years at uh, Richmond and also Sydney Swans. And we really appreciate you joining us here tonight on our final show of the year on VFL Rewind. And, uh, yeah, good luck for the future. And thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's hope Richmond get the double <laughs> yesterday's and then they follow on this Saturday and make my week, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much, Charlotte. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Darrell. Daryl Vernon there from the Springvale Football Club. Great to have a bit of a chat with him and uh, yeah, talk about his uh, VFA career and winning a Norm medal and yeah. fantastic honour. We're at the end of the show now, Lausche. Got a few thank yous and a few things before we wrap up, Lausche. I'll let you say your thank yous first. Yeah, first of all, thank you for, uh, to Daryl's son, Bo Vernon, for organising that interview. Bo's a premiership um, coach at uh, Phillip Island Football Club. Um, thank you to Anthony Stanguts again for all the help you've given us and the people associated with AFL, Vic. Thank you to you, the listeners, because um, we really enjoy getting feedback and I enjoy getting jumped on at various VFL grounds. And thank you to our sponsors, Hard Yak and Swiss and all the sponsors that are involved with the VFL commentary team as well. I agree, Lashie. Well said. And yeah, thank you very much to Gutsy. Thank you very for personal helping us personally with... Growing as a as callers and as broadcasting this this program, thank you very much for Phil behind the scenes who set us up a lot throughout yeah. the year with with interviews on our computer that you know we're still getting our head around. And thank you very much to Paul Hooper for giving us the confidence to be able to do this. And we're really really looking forward to seeing Hoops back next year when he's available and being in with us in yeah. for the show. And yeah, really appreciate them three guys. They're super important in us getting this show up and going. 
the second part of this year is me and last year of developing to uh, hosting this show at, at times, and we really appreciate them three support throughout the year. We ended the show, and yeah, well done to the mighty Richmond Football Club, and well done to Collingwood Football Club on winning the premierships yesterday. Well done to them, and... I know it's a little bit early, but we'd like to wish all our listeners all the best over in the next few months. Have a great Christmas in three months' time. Be safe on the roads. Happy New Year for 2020. And we want to um, see you you guys back next year. We'll be back next year with more VFR Rewind. You have been listening. I'm Brad Mullen, your host, and Peter Louse. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys.